What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find the gems that may be worth your precious resources. If you're interested in reaching out or helping out, feel free to email us at foundbytesgrs at gmail.com, tweet at foundbytesgrs, and also rate and subscribe to us on whatever podcast feed you're using. And we're now on YouTube! So if you or someone you know prefers to listen to shows on YouTube, please recommend them Found Bites GRS on YouTube. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. is the game for this week's episode. Norco is a point-and-click narrative adventure game, and a lot of similarities with the game that we just did, which is The Life and Suffering of Sir Brandt, 2064, Read Only Memories, Coffee Talk, but also uh, Space for the Unbound uh, in terms of the gameplay variation. A lot of similarities there. The game was originally released in March of 2022 on PC and Mac, and then November of 2022 on PS4 and 5, Xbox One, Series X, and S. The game was developed by Geography of Robots, which is a small team from Louisiana. So shout out, this game is set in Louisiana, so definitely see their inspiration there. The game was published by Raw Fury, and we know them because they published Dandera, which is an awesome game, one of our first episodes. And it was signed on to Raw Fury in 2020, and apparently there is talk of it being a trilogy, so maybe two more games coming out. There is a Steam Special Edition that was released alongside the game, um, and a lot of these games do special editions on Steam with the soundtrack, but this had the soundtrack and a digital art book. The game also had a vinyl release of the original soundtrack through Sacred Bones Records, and this was released in September of 2022. And there's a couple different versions of the print. There's one that's like a blue and green Gulf Coast version. There's like a red LP print, black vinyl as well. And these are all two LPs. For our PlayStation listeners, this game does have a platinum trophy. Pretty sure it would require multiple playthroughs because I think some of the trophies are like choose one of two options. And there are also missables as you go along. So if you miss something, you'll probably have to do multiple playthroughs to get that Platinum Trophy. The game was released for the price of $14.99 on Steam. I think $14.49 on console. I don't know why that difference. And I think that Steam Special Edition, I believe, is uh, around $20. Uh, those vinyl soundtracks that were released through Sacred Bones Records, they're available. All the different color prints are around $30. And these were like a limited print. Some of them are like $500. But I'm looking at the website now and you can still order them. So I might actually jump on one of the 
uh, the Gulf Coast print for 30 bucks. I don't know what shipping is, but I do like some of this music. It's very bone chilling, so I may jump on that. Runtime of the game, straight through with the story, not kind of lingering or doing any optional things, about six hours. But if you want to take your time, be really thorough, try to get some of those trophies, get some of the optional things, uh, might take you close to 10. Me, I got this on PSN, and I've been playing it on my PS5. I got it for $8.69 on sale, and I've put in probably a little more than five hours. Uh, There are three acts in the game, and I just got into the third act, so I'm pretty far along. And in terms of recommendation, no one really pointed this game out. I hadn't seen anything about this. It was just on sale. I had an interesting vibe to it. Uh, Definitely the art style. Again, a lot of the gameplay variation. Definitely a little more active than Life and Suffering of Sir Brandt, Um, but I was definitely intrigued by the setting, so I decided to check it out. gameplay for Norco. So let's go through some of the basics. So it is a point and click. So I think ideally this would work with a mouse and keyboard. So if you're playing on Steam, uh, I think you might be right at home here. Although if you are playing on console, you can move the mouse with your joystick, but you can also cycle through the options that are available to you with the D-pad. Depending on the screen though, uh, it might be going right and left. Uh, is the right way to cycle through or sometimes up and down. It's never consistent, I will say. So I kind of go back and forth between trying to cycle through to see which direction works. And if I get frustrated, I just scroll the mouse around. A lot of what you're going to see are these first-person scenes. And this is very reminiscent of 2064 read-only memories. And in these scenes, you're just looking at like a location landscape. It might be like someone's backyard or it might be a living room. And it's just you're in a first-person view, and it's like kind of a picturesque landscape. You can't really move the camera. It's just like whatever's in the frame. And you're going to be seeking and finding interactions. And so if you're using that mouse, you can just kind of glaze over everything that you think might be something to interact with. Or you can, again, cycle through with the D-pad. I would imagine something similar if you want to use a keyboard. A lot of what you're going to be doing is reading scenarios and reading dialogue. With both of these, uh, you're going to be reading a bit. There'll be a screen that pops up on the right, and you'll be going through the scenarios, and then you'll have options. And if it's a scenario, like kind of like a D&D crossroads, it's like choose this option, this option, you know, whatever. Or if it's dialogue, it's different dialogue options. And then you'll see the different responses, and you'll choose... Something else you can do is travel between locations. You'll be able to look at local locations that are kind of adjacent to where you are, um, and there'll be a mini-map at the bottom right corner, and you can kind of pick one of the locations that's displayed on that mini-map, or you can go to the overworld map, and if it's available, you can travel to uh, another location on the overworld map. For the most part, when you're in an act or a chapter or whatever, uh, it's pretty unrestricted. It'll just be whatever is available. It's very rare that you won't be able to look at the overworld map at any point, but there are some story moments 
uh, where that is restricted or like you can't travel out of here. You have to like go through the local locations, whether it's room to room to get back to where the overworld map is available. And then there'll be different variations in gameplay. There'll be some mini games. There'll be some format changes. Again, very similar to Space for the Unbound. I really like that. That's a nice welcome, especially with a reading heavy kind of point and click game like this. Let's talk progression. So this game is pretty much linear. There are some kind of optional things that you can do, uh, whether it's like different options in the dialogue and it unlocking things or whatever, but pretty much you're just kind of finding out things in the story and then when the path to progress kind of opens up, you just kind of go there and it progresses in these chapters or these acts. So like I said, there are three acts and in these different acts, uh, you might have situations where you're swapping characters almost like in a final fantasy game like okay you know we're in this party over here and then like this story pauses and then we jump to the other side it's really restricted by time uh, because you are kind of going in the present and then in the past to kind of look at things that you're investigating in the present and like what actually happened so it's like a back and forth between past and present and then each time you swap it'll be like a specific group of characters or one character when you go back and forth but while you're in these chapters these acts like i said with the locations you're kind of in like this sandbox or pool of locations and you can go back and forth at your leisure. And so really what you're looking for is information or you're looking to unlock different locations. And really it's just a matter of you exhausting everything that you see, whether it's dialogue options, whether it's scenario options. And a lot of the game is really just figuring out where you haven't gone, going there, investigating, and finding out that you unlock something else and kind of keep digging. Exploration in this game, so like I said, you are looking at these scenes, scenarios, almost like a first-person view of the scene. So when you're at a location, it's just a single screen, it's not moving, and you're looking around with the mouse to discover any possible interactions that are there. And when you find them, there are a couple different things that you can do, and you'll see these different icons as they pop up. The main types that you can do are you can look at something, and then you'll get a little dialogue blurb about what you're looking at. You can interact with it physically, you can talk to it if it's a person, or you can walk over to it. And a lot of times that'll be how you like go to another location, like on the screen, it'll be like, oh, here to the backyard or something like that. Like I said, you'll be able to look at the mini local map in the bottom right corner or the overworld map in the top right corner. You'll have an inventory. I've never really had more than two or three things. When you have something in your inventory, there'll be a tab in the top right and you can click it and then it'll kind of open up lesser tabs for all the things that you have. And when you want to use something in your inventory, you have to grab it with the mouse and drag it over to whether it's like a person or a particular thing that you're trying to have the object interact with. That really only happens a couple times, but you do start to anticipate it once you get something in your inventory, you're gonna have to drag it over to interact with something. But like I said, a lot of what you're gonna do is read situations, and these can be scenarios. When you're going through these scenarios, you're presented with options. Sometimes these are going to be choice-based, especially in the beginning, but other times it's going to be like exhausting different lines of dialogue. So once you choose a line of dialogue, you might exhaust through it and then it'll re-present the three options or the two options you had before with the one that you already chose kind of grayed out. But if it's something that is choice-based, it won't represent the options again, which is interesting because it's not really clear when it's a choice and when it's a dialogue. I will say in the beginning, 
there tend to be a lot of choices that you like can't go back from. A lot of it is having to do with you and like your backstory. So you are kind of putting in some personal input, which is interesting, but the game doesn't telegraph when you're making a choice versus when you're just exhausting dialogue or different options of interacting with something. So there are or may be consequences to the choices that you make. I don't know, really. I haven't seen them. I think they're very subtle with how the story progresses, especially in the beginning as you choose character traits about yourself. You will arrive at some situations that have multiple answers or resolutions for like how to solve them. And a lot of that is related to you unlocking things. And so you can unlock things by exhausting dialogue with people and learning information, or you can unlock things by getting items in your inventory and being able to use or interact them with certain characters. And what I really like, especially about dialogue, is the options for what to talk about or what to do pretty much remain available. So if you didn't exhaust all the dialogue with a particular character, especially within a chapter, you can pretty much always go back to them and just like cycle through their dialogue again, uh, especially if it's information that you need. So a lot of what this game is sort of this back and forth cycle of exhausting options, whether it's interactions with a particular object at a location or whether it's dialogue options, unlocking things by getting information or getting things in your inventory. Sometimes you will encounter puzzles or need codes. You will have characters, so obviously your character, but you will eventually start to interact with NPCs and they will come along with you for a little bit. And so they're going to be added to your quote unquote party. And so on the left side of the screen, you'll see like portraits of the different characters, almost like from Baldur's Gate or Icewind Dale, like those CRPGs where you see your character's avatars on the one side and so once they're added to your party they kind of travel with you wherever you go the different local locations or the overworld map and when you look at the screen you can click on the different avatar pictures and you can talk to them and a lot of times they're going to give you context for whatever current location you're at like how they feel about it but also if you're ever lost or don't know what to do you can talk to one of them and they'll be like hey you know we need to go do this why are we sitting around so it is helpful for context if you lose your way they will come into your party and leave your party for like a finite time as the story progresses like I did have people add subtract um, especially as you go to a different act but if you look at the pictures of your different characters in the top right corner you will see kind of like a vague white black Block, that's like a notification that they have new dialogue, which is really good because that can help with the story. It can help trying to figure things out. It can help you learn about the characters and their involvement. There is also your portrait, which is actually hand-drawn as a smiley face, which is an interesting art choice there. But you can click on your picture and it'll bring up something called the mind map. It's like this kind of complex web of all the characters that you've met and are involved in what you're trying to figure out. And it'll show their pictures grouped by who they're close with, but then it'll show lines connecting, like who's connected and how. And whenever you get more information, you'll get a notification on your picture that there's new information in the mind map. And when you click it, you can click on all the characters that come up on the mind map and you'll get like a little blurb of like something that you've learned or new options to like investigate things that you know and make your own connections. So this is really good. It's 
again, especially helpful for getting context if you forget who certain characters are and they keep talking about a character. But also it's a good directive for when you find new info, you go in here, you click on something that's kind of highlighted new, and then you can kind of get a clue about what you need to do vaguely or where you need to go next. And there are alternate sequences. I'm making this comparison with Space for the Unbound. There are different things that you're going to do. It's not just going to different scenes and pointing and clicking on things. You're going to get into fights. And these are really cool because they involve mini games. I wasn't expecting this. Very cool. You'll have these different scenarios where you're kind of doing tank controls for an object and you're navigating something. So definitely switching things up. You'll have apps on your phone that you can interact with and do different things. And so much like A Space for the Unbound, really a big fan of the pacing here and the variation, switching things up. It goes for a little while where you're doing a lot of reading and investigating and trying to solve things, but then all of a sudden it'll switch up and throw you something different. In terms of accessibility, at the beginning of the game you have difficulty options. I chose the normal one. The easy one kind of gives you more hints. Advanced one I kind of steered away from. I don't know what would be more complicated, maybe some of the mini games or things like that, or maybe things are timed. I don't know, but there are three difficulty options. Saving in this game, there is an autosave. Anytime you get to a new location, it'll autosave, but then you have three slots for manual saves. So maybe keep that in mind, especially if you're a trophy hunter. There are things missable even within a chapter. Like if you leave a location, it's possible that you won't be able to go back. And there are a lot of options for how you want things to work gameplay-wise and display visually. Because this is a narrative-based game and there's a lot of reading, there are a lot of text options. So text speeds, there are a lot of different options there. Font size, font color, the spacing between letters. So I really like that because it's kind of self-aware that it is a text-based game and so anything that can kind of you know make it a little easier for you to read things, it's really presenting you with all of those options and I really do praise the game for doing that. the vibe of Norco. So let's start with visuals. I will say just like, wow, striking visually. The game is pixelated, but it's like blurry. It's very interesting. It reminds me a lot of the cutscenes in Lamentum. When you see a character, they come up close, or when you see a cutscene in this game, it's very similar. Very drab colors. Green, brown, a little bit of blue. Faces of NPCs. Really harrowing. I, I think some of them are hand-drawn in the character portraits, but a lot of times characters will like come onto the screen and, and look right at you, like their face is right in the camera. It's like, whoa, Like this kind of looks soulless, or the eyes and the way that they look at you and even as they're sitting on the screen they're kind of fidgeting and it's very unsettling and the environments uh, I feel like they're not as pixelated they're more clean and profound especially buildings a lot of details there some houses and shacks 
Uh, the sunsets, there's a lot of dusk. You're seeing scenes in dusk a lot. Really colorful and really striking, possibly because of environmental pollution, uh, which definitely comes into the story. In terms of audio, background music, very eerie at times, very somber, unsettling. Kind of goes back and forth between being chilling uh, and then at times like some you know, interesting techno vibes. I, I really do like the music. It really sets the sort of uneasy tone of the game. In terms of sound effects, you know, when you grab certain objects, they might make sounds. But what's interesting is whenever anyone talks, you get kind of just this vague mumbling, and it kind of adds to this harrowing feeling when you're watching some of these pixelated NPCs right in your face talking. You're just hearing like a and it can be unsettling, I gotta say. In terms of setting and story and themes, so this is set in the Louisiana Bayou in like kind of a small, I guess, suburban town or just, you know, I don't want to say slums or like Hicksville or anything like that, but it is like houses are kind of spaced a little bit. It is kind of grungy, again, with the colors like green and brown, lots of those colors. You will go to different shacks or rundown homes. Um, there's definitely talks about different floods. Uh, that have happened in the area. You're definitely going to see NPCs with financial hardships, substance abuse. The dialogue in this game is actually really good. It's funny. There's some really funny situations. A lot of poop humor. So if you're anyone that likes poop humor, uh, I got like sometimes I was just laughing so hard at like some of the things that you can find in the dialogue options that people say. But a lot of other things uh, like there's this weird vibe of maybe there's like cult things going on. Uh, a lot of the locals really incompetent, really say some stupid things. Really interesting the the layout of what's going on. And it's kind of culminating in uh, this business that's there, the Shield Oil Refinery. The Shield's the name of the company. And so that really adds some interesting layers to the setting because there's something about this company. They're like taking land from people. They're trying to buy out land from people. But there's, you know, pollution. Obviously, it's oil refinery. So and that can be affecting the environment. It could be infecting sort of the local individuals. There's a lot of people that have cancer in the area. So I'm not sure how closely they're related. Uh, the story is centered around your character's mom, uh, which is interesting because when you go on your mind map, she's in the center. But when you start the game, you realize that she died and she died from cancer, but you figure out that she was investigating something and there's like some conspiracy vibes and things that you feel like you need to uncover. There are also a lot of supernatural elements in this game, almost like Lovecraftian. A couple things just really had my jaw hit the floor that I was not expecting. But also there's like a futuristic vibe. The game does not detail what year it is, but you have like an android robot living at your home or living at your mom's home and they're like a companion and they have, you know, visually a strange face. It's almost like looking at the robot from the reboot of Lost in Space. It's like a face of stars. And there is a lot of detail about different floods that have happened, like you're reading journals and they're talking about different floods, but I don't know if anything references Katrina. It's very interesting time-wise because there's like it's rooted in reality and in these slums and 
and there are people that are doing things that would be done in any time post 60s I guess there's nothing about the way people dress that's particularly striking but you don't know if it's like 2005 or like 2035 or 2335 you don't really know but everything going along with conspiracy you know investigation robots can be a mashup of any kind of influences like X-Files Westworld even like a little bit of Aaron Brockovich you know with environmental things going on a lot of interesting mashups with the story and I really dug it Let's wrap up the conversation about Norco. This is an interesting game. The story and the setting, I feel, are really intriguing. It's a unique mashup of, you know, timeness, you know, not knowing what time it is or what year it is. But you've got the bayou, like lower socioeconomic status with a lot of the characters that you come into contact with. Some conspiracy stuff, you know, sci-fi future. So it's just such a strange mashup. And it's really intriguing how things are uncovered and how the story progresses. The game is heavy reading. It's a point and click narrative game. But again, I really think there's some good gameplay variation. A lot of things that are thrown in, uh, not just narratively, but gameplay wise, switching it up, really pulling a lot from uh, Space for the Unbound. There's some options stuff again if you're trophy hunting you're definitely gonna have to do multiple playthroughs but finding different items in your inventory and that unlocking different trophies but also different dialogue options or or things like that there are additional things to hunt for in this game which is nice in terms of value i think 15 is really a good price for this game so if it's ever on sale i think that's a solid deal if it's on sale for under 10 I think that is pretty much a steal, I would say, under $10 on sale. Again, I got it for $8.69 on sale, um, so really nice deal there, and I'm really happy with the value there. Again, complex story and characters, plenty of crazy what-the-hell-is-going-on moments. This game has a lot of depth, and I think that really makes it worth your time, and so I highly recommend it. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you.